Good morning, new community. I like it. Y'all still got that Thanksgiving energy. I know. I love it, though. I, I take it uh, you all had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I know I did. I was in Minnesota with my family. Uh, my husband and I went to, he's a Vikings fan, and so we went to the Vikings-Patriot game, not the one where they have flown out, but I went to the one where they won. Isn't it nice when your team wins? Um, and so it was just such a good game. I had a great time, exchanged some recipes with family. I was encouraging my sister to try something new. And she said, not on Thanksgiving, ma'am. Uh, and I said, you're right, because it's macaroni and cheese. And in black families, that is a very important dish. You mess that up, they're going to be, you bring a knife from now on <laughs> to every event. So um, I am grateful that I hear many of you had a good weekend. I had a good weekend. I'm grateful to be here uh, with you this morning. For those of you all who don't know me, I am Pastor Nicole Bullock, your interim pastor here at New Community. Um, as you heard, we have some candidates who are coming up who will be voted on uh, next week at our congregational meeting. Many people have said, Pastor Nicole, you're not entering into the uh, process to become our permanent pastor. Uh, no, uh, I, I have a much longer commute now, so that would be tough. And so when you say, what commute, in case you missed that announcement, uh, I now uh, commute from the Pacific Northwest to here. I know, come on Seattle. Uh, but don't worry, I will be here. I know you're like, how? Thank God for Delta. Delta, Delta is really good at getting people where they need to be for the most part, for the most part. So I enjoyed a wonderful flight here this morning, uh, very comfortable. Nobody sat next to me. God is good. So I am excited to kick off our Advent series with you this morning. And uh, we have Jesus to thank for that and Delta for a great flight. So uh, Delta is not paying me for this ad. Go with me to Luke chapter 1, and we are going to talk about Jesus today, as you guessed. You know, there is a song when I was uh, coming up in church, and many of you probably already know this, but I grew up in a little small Baptist church, and so we didn't have a wonderful, elaborate worship team um, like this, but we did have a great um, experience, but we would sing, and it would usually be call and response, and clapping of hands, and stomping of feet sort of situation, but they used to sing a song called Jesus, Oh, What a Wonderful Child. Uh, that was kind of our Advent kickoff. Um, so holy me, come on, no, I, this not that crowd. And you know, every, I like to try every now and again to see if I got one good Baptist person besides CC in the building. Y'all said this is not that group, and that's okay. That's all right, but we are the group that loves the Lord and the Word. So Luke chapter one, and I am going to begin at verse 26, and again, what y'all see behind me, verses, it only took me four months to get this together, but God is good, verse 26, and it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. 
Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby, will be, so the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant. In her old age, people used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Quick prayer. Father, we thank you so much that you are a good God and you love to give good gifts. We thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you, um, God, that we are here in your presence. And we just ask, God, that you would continue to pour out on us during this time. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you change us, challenge us, draw us into deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we say together, amen. In this season of hope and expectation, I always enjoy going back through the stories in Scripture where we begin to hear about Jesus, this being one of the most central stories. And I've read the story time and time again, but this particular time, something stood out that I had previously you know, missed. And the great thing about Scripture is the more you dive into it, the more you read it, there is always something to glean. There is always something uh, to stand out. And so this time, as I was reading it, my attention was drawn not only to the miracle of it all, that Jesus is going to be born to a virgin, Mary, this blessed and favorite, favored woman who was chosen for the work, the excitement and awe of it all does kind of blow my mind when I sit back and take it in. Like sometimes when I think about this story for too long, my brain kind of kicks into overload. I go, this, this doesn't make sense, but that's how God works, right? And so here it is, um, this time as I'm reading this miraculous story, I saw this beautiful lesson. And it's a lesson that Mary teaches us, a way that God wants us to live our lives. I truly believe that Mary shows us in this story, in her posture, uh, in her surprise, in her acceptance, that we are called to live a life of prophetic intention. What does that mean exactly? What does it mean to live a life of prophetic intention? That means we are called to be people of hope, purpose, and possibility. We are called to be people of hope, purpose, 
impossibility. See, there are some things that God has spoken over not just us, but our world. There are some things he has determined. There are some things that he has designed to happen here on the earth. And what's so great about it is that he wants to use us to do it. God is always looking for a person who is available for the assignment. One of my favorite illustrations of this in Scripture is the prophet Isaiah. I love the prophets. I love the books Isaiah, the major prophets. I love the books Isaiah and Jeremiah. I love those books so much. There's a huge age gap between myself and my youngest brother that when my mom got pregnant with my youngest brother, I was a teenager at the time. I was 16, 17 years old. I don't remember uh, quite how old. Too old for my mom to be telling me she was pregnant. <laughs> That's what I felt like as a teenager. I'm like, who's going to watch this baby? And she was like, you, <laughs> you're going to help. But I loved the prophet so much at that time that I convinced her to name my youngest brother Isaiah Jeremiah. That is his name. And I tell him that story all the time as I tell him, you know, God has a plan for your life. But that is how much I love the prophets. And so um, when I think about uh, a story where someone, an illustration where someone goes, I am so available. I love the picture in Isaiah chapter 6 where God calls out from heaven, who will go for us? Who will go for us? Whom shall we send? And Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. I mean, I just love that enthusiasm. I love that picture. Essentially, he's saying, here I am. I'm available for the assignment. I am a person of hope. I am a person of possibility. I am a person of purpose. I am available. And not only am I available, I am ready. I am ready. In our text today, it starts with Mary going, uh, uh, the text tells us she was confused and disturbed. Have you ever gotten a word from God? <laughs> you were in prayer and the Lord spoke to you. The Holy Spirit revealed something to you through, through the word or in prayer, and you emerged from that time conf confused and disturbed, <laughs> questioning what is this, what does this mean, what does this look like. Here Mary was, she went through that state, but by the end she goes, I receive it. Yes, I'm ready for the assignment. Hear this, everyone here, because I, I, I want to establish this, because sometimes we look at the stories of Scripture and we feel like it is beyond us. It is beyond us. It is not. There is an assignment for you. You are a person of hope. You are a person of purpose. You are a person of possibility. There is an assignment for you. There is something that God has for you to do. And you may say, I don't know, I don't think so. Who am I to have an assignment? Can I say this? Long before Mary existed, long before she got to this moment that we just read about in the Gospels, God had already prepared this moment to happen. Mary's assignment was already in the work before even Mary was born. Isaiah 7, 
Love these prophets. Isaiah 7 and 14 specifically, if you want to go and look at it, it, it says, Isaiah says, there is going to come a time. And he goes, look, the virgin will conceive a child. This is in Isaiah. In Isaiah, thousands of years before this moment. And Isaiah says, she will give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Long before that moment, Emmanuel was already established. God with us was already established. You may say, okay, that, that's the prophets, but can I tell you, it even goes all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis. In Genesis 3, 15, it says, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and he will strike your head and, your, <clears throat> and you will strike his heel. What is he talking about? The birth of Jesus and the defeat of the enemy. Why do I take time to share all of that, to build into this point for you that God has a plan for you? He has an assignment for you. And the assignment is not impromptu. It is not something that is on his to-do list that he'll think about later. The assignment has already been planned from the beginning. And we see that with Mary. Jesus is going to be born. God has this ultimate plan, and he's going to use this young girl to do it. Can I tell you something? Never let anyone tell you what you can and can't do. There will be times, maybe even you experience this at your family gathering, where you share a dream or two, and people project their expectations upon you. They tell you, I would never do that. I don't think you should do that. That seems crazy that you would do that. My grandfather used to say, Nicole, never let, never let anyone tell you what you should or shouldn't do because if they were you, they'd be doing the exact same thing you were doing. What was he naming? You are a person of purpose, hope, and possibility. And if that person who's giving you the advice to do the opposite had the same purpose, <laughs> their faith encapsulated the same source of possibility and understanding of assignment, they'd be doing what you were doing. So I say to you, keep doing what you're doing. And it doesn't mean that it's easy. I mean, I can only imagine what Mary experienced in raising Jesus. She said yes. She resolved to move forward. But I, I don't know what it would have been like to be the mother of Jesus. I feel like that would have been challenging. Trying to establish bad times for Jesus. I mean, the ultimate human descendant, right? Jesus, time to go to sleep. I'm a son of God, mommy. I don't need sleep. Jesus, it's time to eat. Mommy, man shall not live by bread alone. I mean, this is a lot. This is a different kind of challenge. I, I, you know, super nanny is not going to work in this context. I, I can't imagine what it must have been like, but in all seriousness, I believe that Mary was still resolved and ready for this. I believe she went about that assignment. She protected it, and I'm, I'm so glad she did. 
I'm so glad that she continued along the way and stayed with the assignment, stayed with what she resolved, because little did she know that that yes went way beyond the scope of that moment, went further than that moment, that that yes would come to, to Satan's doom and defeat, that sin would lose its stronghold, that death would be defeated. You have purpose, and you have an assignment. It's right here in the story. We see all that Mary is holding and taking in and all of what happens. I mean, she had to be holding within her the possibility of what would happen as she said, yes. Sometimes when I think about holding on, to things, holding on and standing firm in a position in which I know God has called me to. I just think about the possibility. I think about all the possibilities, even when it is irrational, and sometimes faith is that. I continue to think about all the possibilities, especially when the assignment is hard. I keep thinking about all the possibilities. And I, and I know this when it comes to those moments where times are tough and hard in those assignments. I remember that I have been anointed for the assignment. And you may go, what does that even mean? I'll give you a great example. I was talking to a mentor of mine, and we were talking about vocation and what we do and teaching and preaching, which I enjoy doing. And he spoke life to me and he said, Nicole, listen, I've heard a lot of great Bible stories. I've heard a lot of good Bible teachers and preachers and they give great information. He said, but when I listen to you speak, he said, the anointing is there. The anointing destroys yokes. And I thought to myself, how powerful is that? That when God gives you an assignment, he will also anoint you for it. That the anointing destroys yokes. And sometimes when you're in the midst of that place where those assignments get complicated or difficult, I don't know exactly what Mary did, but I am, you know, imagining, using our holy imagination to say, how do you navigate those difficult assignments and those difficult moments when you have said yes, not knowing what your yes means? Mary had no idea of the scope of her yes until it was all said and done. How do you keep going? I have to believe that there was an anointing upon Mary. I have to believe that there is an anointing upon my life, meaning this, there is something within me that God says, I have anointed you for this assignment, and the way you dream of possibilities is unmatched. The way you see it is unmatched. And so in those moments, I feel like I'm invited to just, when it gets tough, when it gets hard, to put a demand on that anointing. <laughs> Remember who God has called you to be. Set a reminder in your phone if you need to. Change your screensaver if you need to, to your favorite verse to remind you of who God has called you, what God is calling you to do. The best way 
to put a demand, if you will, on that anointing is to pray. I said it. I did. Pray. Ian Bounds says, God anoints people of prayer. He anoints people of prayer. People who walk with him, people who talk with him, people who continue to ask, inquire, plead with him, ask him, thank him, say to him, speak with him, declare the things he has spoken over us to him. He says, God anoints those people. I cannot imagine having an assignment like Mary had without prayer. I don't know what your assignment is, but I can't imagine you can do it without prayer. Prayer is the, is, is the conduit, right, that, that gets us to where we need to be. And sometimes prayer feels like it is not doing anything. It is not changing anything when I pray, but it is. It is. It has been proven over and over. I know for myself when I have prayed, I see God change things. I specifically see him change me in the midst of those things. And prayer has these like two distinct stages, right? One where you kind of go, okay, I receive it like Mary does. And then the other where you have to just hold it and possess it where you have it. It moves from receiving to having, right? Receiving takes place when we pray and we say, I agree with you, God. I agree with your promise. I agree with the assignment. I agree with the thing you have called me to do. Having says, I embrace it fully, wholly, and totally. I walk with it. I'm committed with it. I sit with it. I, I sit with it. I'm with it. I exist with it. I have it. Hmm. Praying moves us from that place of agreement to embracing. I agree, God, but now I fully embrace. I see that in this story with Mary. We see in the verse 35, the angel, when Mary goes, how? How is this going to happen? The angel replies, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And because of that, great things will happen. Because of that, specifically, the text tells us, the baby born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. There are spaces in our lives where God will move us to a place and we have an assignment, one that may confuse us and even disturb us. And we will ask the same question that Mary has asked, how? How? 
and we can hear the same words as they are applicable to us, the Holy Spirit will come. Mm. Didn't we just sing that? Come, Holy Spirit, come. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and then he names what's going to happen. And the power of the Most High, ah, that feels good. The power of the Most High God, the creator of the universe. <laughs> the creator of us. The one who holds all things together. The one who balances it all. When we think about the world and the universe and how orbits spin and how the earth spins, how all of these things happen as we're even celebrating another year to come, as we think about all of these things. It is the work of the most high God. So when we think about the how, how is this possible like Mary does? How will this happen? And then he says, the Holy Spirit will come. And when he comes, the power of the most high, the creator of the universe, yeah. The keeper of our souls, the one who has designed and created us, I love this imagery, will overshadow you. He will completely cover you. Because the results of your assignment are too important. I don't know what you're walking through in this season, this year, um, perhaps with the holidays upon us. You maybe had a hard holiday, I don't know. But can I tell you, you've been anointed for this. This is your narrative, this is your journey, and this is your story, and you have been anointed for this. And you may say, how? How? The power of the Most High will cover you, envelop you. God will give order and oversight. He will hold. He will support. He will do the work to make sure the assignment gets completed. <laughs> he will. He will. And I love how God does that, not just in this distant kind of ambiguous way. You know, when the script, scripture says the power of God, the Holy Spirit's going to come and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. He, it, you know, it's just not ambiguous. It's just not kind of out there, right? He does something that's even practical and powerful in this for Mary. The text tells us this. What's more, in verse 36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say, I like the way the angel testifies. People used to say she was barren. 
but she conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. What does the angel say? For the word of God will never fail. In this moment, the angel is providing reassurance for Mary in the testimony of Elizabeth. And I love how he kind of just goes down the script, right? She's older. You know, ladies who have had children beyond 30, you know, it's like a geriatric pregnancy or something they call it. Can you imagine Sarah going in? She's 100. I don't even know what you would call that. He goes, Elizabeth. Did somebody say terrible? I'm not sure. I mean, not going to lie. You think about that happening at 45, and you're like, fix it, Jesus. So I can't imagine 100. I, I got questions. I'm confused and disturbed at that point, right? But the angel goes, and she was barren. People, well, no, he said people say it. You know, it's, it's amazing how sometimes people think they know more about you than what God has already said about you. What you see is not what you're going to get. <laughs> because our, God has already spoken into my story and my narrative in a way that is going to bring about goodness and grace and, and completion to a story that he has designed and woven together. The angel said, people used to say, she was barren. See, used to. They couldn't say it anymore because she was six months pregnant. And then he says, for the word of God will never fail. I love how God overshadowing you just isn't some ambiguous thing. Like even in the text for Mary, isn't just out there. He says, I'm going to send you an encourager. <laughs> I'm going to send you a friend. I'm going to send you someone who I've done the miraculous for already. I'm going to send you someone who went from can't to can. I'm going to send you someone who will be honest and transparent with you about the torment and the tension and the disappointment of the years that went by that were dry and were barren. But God, I will send you them because they are experienced and they held on when I, until I showed up. I will send you someone who did not conform but has confirmed and will celebrate with you who I am and what I am able to do. I'm not just going to tell you that there is power that comes when the Most High overshadows you, I'm going to show you. I'm going to demonstrate it to you. I'm not, let you, I'm not just going to let you be grasping for things out there. I'm not just going to let you pray without producing. Oh. And this is why we have to look for what God is producing. Sometimes we pray and we already have our answer in mind. So we start looking for 
Have you ever done this before? We start looking for the answer that we're seeking. And that's why prayer can be so complicated and discouraging sometimes because we pray with an intention in mind to have things go a certain way. When I pray <laughs> that my kids change or something like that, or my supervisor changes, I don't mean for the Holy Spirit to come and convict me. That's not what I asked for. I didn't ask Holy Spirit to have to go and ask for my children's forgiveness because maybe I was too harsh and my childhood wounds are showing up. No, that's not what I asked for. I asked for something different. But when you are attentive to what the Holy Spirit wants and what God wants, you won't look for the answer you won't want produced. You'll look for what God is saying. I love how the angel says, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And then he sends her a friend. <laughs> Your prayer really does produce something. Perhaps the something you weren't looking for, but can I say and invite you, take a step back. It is one thing when we step into assignments with an eagerness and we go, okay, I receive it, I agree, because receiving just means I agree with this. But then when we move into the place that we go, okay, I'm going to embrace this, I am going to walk in it, I am fully going to possess whatever this is, and then it gets complicated, and we are confused and disturbed because sometimes that happens. Even when you love the Lord and the Lord loves you, you can still be confused and disturbed. Those things happen. Yeah, can I get an amen for that? Yeah, it happens. But God will continue to show up and show you that what he has promised is really for you because you are a person that if you step into a place of prophetic intention, meaning that as you move forward, you remember you are a person, a purpose. You are a person of hope. You are a person of possibility. You can then respond like Mary responds in verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Can I tell you, Scripture is full of prayer. Scripture is full of prayers. If ever you're like, oh, I'm lost and I don't know what to say, I don't know what to pray, here's a prayer for you. God, may everything you have said about me come true. Yes. I am the Lord's servant. I would highlight that on days where you're like, I'm not sure what to pray. I'm not sure what to say. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me 
come true. You know, I don't want to get to heaven one day. And God gives us this slideshow. And I don't know if this happens. I don't know what happens, right? Obviously, because I'm still here. But what if he gives us this slideshow? He shows us all the things that we did. All the things that happened because of our obedience, right? Because of the ways we said yes. But then he shows us the areas we didn't say yes in. Then all of a sudden we see that we didn't get everything. Do you know that you have an everything? Mary said, may everything you've said about me come true. You know, each and every one of you have an everything. <laughs> and I dare you to pray that. I dare you to pray that. God may everything. You have said about me come true. Everything. I don't want anything left out. May everything you have said about me come. If I'm going to show up, if I'm going to be committed to walking this walk with you, if I'm going to be committed to being a disciple and carrying my cross, if I'm going to be committed to not just saying yes to you as Savior, but also as Lord, may everything, 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 no matter how big, no matter how small, may everything you have said about me come true. I like the way the ESV says it. The ESV, when it tells us this verse, it says, Mary says, let it be done unto me according to your word. See, these are not things that we are just praying and hoping something happens. We go, God, according to your promises, according to your word, let it be unto me. May everything you have spoken come true. Don't let anyone stop it or shut it down. Most importantly, don't let me. Don't let me, because sometimes we are our greatest obstacle, aren't we? We like to get in our own way. We get in our own way. We overthink. Are there any overthinkers out there? Am I the only one? Can we start a support group maybe in the new year? A little small group get together. <laughs> Do not overthink, right? We can be our own greatest obstacle. We doubt the greatness that God has put inside of us. We lack confidence, we fear, and we are anxious, even though God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear and anxiety, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. But we lack that confidence. Sometimes we can be our greatest obstacle to fulfilling the assignment. So when we pray, God, let everything you have spoken and said about me come true even if that means you have to move me out of the way, right? Help my yes to just be yes. Help it to just be yes. Not yes when we're winning. You know, I was talking to the team here as we were getting together this morning, and 
going through service and I was talking to you about the game. And she said, oh, which game? The one where the Vikings lost 43-0. And I think it was like the biggest loss they've had in decades. Um, my husband was telling me about it. He was really broken up about that thing. Um, God bless his heart. Took a couple of days and then we went to a new game. And the Patriots won. It was a big deal. It was great, 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 great. And, they, and you know, she said, are you a Vikings fan? I said, no. I'm not even a football fan. I'm just going because my man is going. And I like a good game. I'm a fair weather fan, okay? My yes is yes when we win it, okay? If that game and y'all losing and it's boring, I'm leaving, okay? I'm gonna find something to watch on Netflix. I'm checking out. I got things to do, but a diehard person who has said yes to their losing football team. My God, you gonna stay in the game until there is a win. Let my yes be yes even when I'm losing. Let it be yes, even when I'm struggling. Let it be yes, even when it is not looking good. Don't let me be a fair weather yes person. Just let my yes be yes. I cannot imagine all of what Mary went through between the moment where she is informed, conceives, and then has to give birth in a manger among barn animals. You know it was not smelling delightful in there, right? There's no bathroom in a barn. How? The son that is gonna be holy, God with us, Emmanuel, born in a manger. Her yes had to be a steady yes. It had to be a steady yes. Can our yes be yes? From the moment we say yes, all the way to the manger. Right? From the moment we hear what has been promised, all the way to the manger. Can our yes be yes? Because if our yes can be yes, in the in-between, we will see God's faithfulness. We will see God's glory. We will experience his power and his overshadowing care by way not only of spiritual, supernatural happenings and events, but also through the practical sister or brother who comes up to us and says, I know your story. I've lived your story. And just in case you need a spoiler alert, you win. I don't know everything that everyone here is going through. I don't know what your assignment has looked like. I don't know what your story or journey is in this season or this moment. Perhaps you're going, oh, we are, we're about to be in 2023 and I'm still processing 2020, right? I don't know. I don't know, but here's what I do know. Is that you can just simply say, come, Holy Spirit, come. 
Because you know when you invite the Holy Spirit to come that the same promise that we see in Scripture to Mary is the same thing that he promises us. That the power of the Most High will come and overshadow you. So while I may not know what happens between the moment that I say yes in the moment, right? In the manger. I know that my yes can be yes. I know that God is faithful. I know that even when I lose the words to articulate a prayer, I can say, God, I am your servant. May everything you have spoken about me come true. If we can do those things, if we can move into fully stepping into those yeses, those moments, and saying, God, I'm ready. I want to walk out this assignment. I want to do what you have called me to do. Then I think we are people who are beginning to live a life with prophetic intention, meaning we don't have to wait to see it. But since we understand we are people of hope, purpose, and possibility, and let me say unlimited possibility, we can step into the shadows knowing that we're overshadowed. We can step into dark places knowing that the light resides in us. We can step into the unknown knowing that he knows all things. I want to encourage you today as we begin Advent, as we talk about joyful expectation. Don't wait for that moment to be happy, you know, where you go, well, when I get the raise or something or Christmas bonus, Christmas party, Christmas with the family, this particular gift or whatever. That's not what the joyfulness is about. The joy is in knowing that we've said yes to a God who has already said to us, you win. You will have freely, I will give to you everything I have promised you. Caveat, if we want it. And I believe we do. I believe we do. And if that's you and you go, yes, I do want that. I want to step and fully embrace being a person of hope, being a person of purpose and possibility. I just want you to quick bow your heads with me because I want to pray a blessing over you. As, you, as this sermon has moved your heart to a posture of receiving, meaning just being in agreement with the word that has been spoken over us today. As you agree with that, my blessing that I want to speak over you is one that you can carry with you and that you will be able to remember. The blessing I want to speak over you is this. 
May everything, yes, may everything God has spoken over you be true. God, we thank you and we love you because you care for us so greatly and so deeply. And for that, we have overflowing gratitude and joy. And we thank you, God, that joy can take on many different looks, excitement, loud, engaging, boisterous, but we also thank you that joy can be quaint, it can be quiet, it can be hopeful, it can be deep, it can be all-consuming. And God, we are grateful for that spectrum of joy and the joy we experience in this moment as we know that you are a good God who works things out for our good and your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Would you stand on your feet with us?